0: Start your free trial by going to luminary.link note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported W N Y C Studios.
1: I feel slightly guilty that I ambushed you. Yes. Did I ambush you? You did. This is Note to Self, the tech show about being human. I'm Anush Samaroti. One year on, did we change how one technologist feels about his responsibility to his users, to us? But before we get to that, I just want to read some names of listeners to whom I owe an apology Ken Cooper, Rebecca Daniels, Curtis Conkey, Brendan in Jersey City, John Davis, Joseph Bissett's wife, Danny de los Reyes, Laura Kath, Dave Muir. Keely Galgano Nate Merrill Laura Starteski
0: Minister Samarotti mentioned a little game called Two Dots that she was addicted to and uh, following the same impulse that uh, drives a four-year-old to touch the hot iron anyway
1: I went ahead and downloaded it so many of you got sucked into the game Two Dots after I talked about it on an episode almost exactly one year ago and I'm sorry if it happened to you And I left you off the list. I'm sorry about that, too. If you didn't catch that episode, that Two Dots episode, go back and listen to it. But here's a brief recap of what happened and why we still need to talk about it. Here was me one night. I put the kids to bed. The house was nice and quiet. And I was ready to get my fix. I'm so excited. It's so pathetic. I've been looking forward to this moment all day. I didn't like this feeling of being beholden to this game that I just constantly wanted to play. So I kind of went on a journey to understand how apps like Two Dots get us. I talked to behavioral engineer expert Nir Eyal, who wrote the book Hooked.
0: You know, it used to be if you made an addictive product... If
1: you were an alcohol distiller, you could throw up your hands and say, well, we don't know who the alcoholics are. It's not our problem. How do we know who's abusing our product? But today, these companies know, right? So Two Dots and Candy Crush and Facebook and Twitter and all these companies, they know. But maybe, I reasoned, games like these were actually helping me with spatial reasoning or developing a better memory. Here's me pleading with Dr. Zach Hambrick professor of cognitive psychology at Michigan State University.
0: So if you play Miss Pac-Man a lot, then you're probably going to get better at Ms. Pac-Man, and you might get better at Mr. Pac-Man or Super Pac-Man. You might also get better in video games where you have to move through a maze, but you're probably not going to be better at some real-world task like filling out your tax return.
1: Okay, that, that didn't make me feel much better. So then I even tracked down the designer of Two Dots, David Housen, to get his take on my Two Dots dependency. It was kind of a weird exchange. So here's the thing. I try and tell myself, ah, but my spatial reasoning is better, or I really decompressed nicely after work today. Give it to me straight. Am I fooling myself? Am I making excuses?
0: No, I I actually think in many ways you are tapping into a part of your brain that you don't usually tap into. That's the powerful thing about games. It also allows you to have a little bit of a more altruistic attitude towards life. For real? For real. Because you, you have this idea that you can accomplish anything.
1: But I wasn't being altruistic the other night when I literally hid it. From my husband. (laughs) That's deception. Like we laugh, but that's deception. I'm embarrassed at what I'm doing because I'm not giving you money, Mm -hmm. but I am giving you my time. Sure.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of give and take. And I think it's up to individuals to sort of be smart enough about it.
1: He was right. I had to be smart enough about it. Which meant that I had to do something drastic. This is killing me. All right. Here we go. Ready? I'm pressing down on my apps. They're all jiggling, which means they're ready to be deleted. I successfully deleted the game Two Dots from my phone as a sign of protest against time-sucking apps and to get my life back. And I gotta say, like, I was surprised at how visceral my reaction was. No, I really feel nauseous. I feel sad. I mean, Jesus, I sound ridiculous. But don't scoff too much, friends, because as the old saying goes, misery loves company. And when I asked you to do the same thing, to delete the app that was driving you the most crazy as part of last year's Bored and Brilliant project, you guys went nuts. Pinterest.
0: Instagram.
1: It was such a time suck. The Facebook app.
0: Clash of Clans.
1: I would spend hours on it every single day. Some of you told us that you put that app right back on your phone the very next day. Other people said that they decided to take the app off their phone actually once a month, kind of like an app sabbatical. And then others told us that they never put that app back on their phone ever again. It was out of their life. No matter the strategy, most of you reported back that you liked the feeling of being in control of your technology and just being more aware of the effect it had on you, which is really cool. So here we are, a year later, and the discussion about technology and being mindful and purposeful of how we use it, I think, has really taken off since Bored and Brilliant. Not just on this podcast, but lots of places, right? But do you ever wonder if all our talk about purposeful use of technology, of retaining our humanity in the digital age, is truly trickling down to the people who make this stuff that we use? In a minute,
0: David Housen, game director at Dots.
1: The designer of Two Dots is back to tell us if he's changed the way he designs based on that episode And I'll also let you know if I managed to keep Two Dots off my phone all this time. We're back. It's Note to Self. I'm Manoush Zomorodi. Okay, there's a new Pew report that's out. It's kind of interesting. About half of American adults play video games, but only 10% of them consider themselves to be true gamers, in quotation marks. And Americans aren't really sure what to think of games. A quarter of all adults think that most video games are a waste of time, while another quarter think that most games are not a waste of time. And in terms of the science, the verdict is still kind of out on how and whether digital games do indeed help us learn, which is in part why my love of Two Dots took me so by surprise. And I gotta say, I was also kinda surprised that when I invited David Housen of Two Dots back into the studio, he actually agreed.
0: It's funny, so I came in here, this was right after Two Dots launched, and you were playing it, of course. And I was coming in because, you know, I thought we were just gonna talk Two Dots.
1: Since that original episode, The Two Dots staff has quintupled, going from 10 employees to 40. Two Dots is now number 86 in top-grossing games ever in iTunes. And I wanted to know whether what David thought about what his game was capable of, what he heard in that original episode, if it changed the way he designs games and what was interesting was the description it's now described as 535 addictingly fun levels mm-hmm. so it's interesting how the word addiction has become actually like pro it's like an allure
0: in the it's it's funny because for me it's very counterintuitive like i and i think like most people think of addiction and addicting as sort of a negative adjective But in the mobile game space, they show it off. They tout it. Candy Crush will say something about addiction or addicting as a positive.
1: And what do you think about that?
0: I think it is and it isn't. Like, for me, I'm really conflicted about it because I think that it's a very accurate description. And I think it's a very true to Two Dots and it's true to Candy Crush. We're building game experiences to really hook users and to create this this sort of sense and this desire to play all the time.
1: Which I had.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then you made the wise decision to delete the app, which I think was the right decision.
1: We'll get to that. Yeah, go on. (laughs) So this idea, like, that's so interesting to me that this idea of that you can have a job that you feel, well, I mean, I guess a lot of people have jobs that they feel morally conflicted about. But for you in particular, it's because you know that in order for your business to thrive, it is sort of a behavior manipulation that has to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's skirting the line, right? It's about, like, how do you create an experience that's so fun that you're kind of always thinking about it in the back of your mind? For me as a gamer, someone who's been playing games his entire life— you live for these moments. Like These are the things that really excite me and motivate me.
1: So when we spoke last year, you told me that you felt it was really up to each user to put limits on their own devices, on their own
0: distractions. Yep. And do you still feel that way? I think the most important thing to remember is that you know, these devices, these, the software, the technology, the games, whatever it might be, ultimately it's up to us to be mindful of the things that we're doing.
1: But I guess I'm really curious to know, has the conversation changed among the people who are making the technology? Do they – like, are people talking about this? Do they talk about their responsibility that they have to the people who are using their games to not – you know, because there are some people who won't be able to put it away.
0: Sure, yeah. It's very interesting because I think the conversation's happening both like pro-addiction and anti-addiction.
1: Oh, really? Like how?
0: So. For example, now we have 40 plus people at at Dots and you have game designers, um, people like myself, and then you have people who attack it from the more business end of the spectrum. And to them, you know, they're more interested in like how can we grow as a company, how we can continue to climb the revenue chart on iTunes. And, you know, to them addiction is a very good thing because, you know, they want to see that number go up and up and up. They want to see – sessions per day go up. They want to see duration in that thing go up. In some ways, so do we as game designers. But I think as game designers, we're incredibly mindful of the sort of tactics that we use because we know twofold, like, if we make a game that's a little too underhanded, we're not going to feel great because did we really make the great game or did we Mm -hmm. just use the dirtiest strategies to, like, trick people into playing
1: so how does that conversation play out in terms of the business people who really are there mm-hmm. precisely to keep their eye on the bottom line? Mm-hmm. And then those of you who are actually making the game, like, is are people talking about that tension that there is between making it to be as addictive as possible and not doing it because it doesn't feel right to those of you, some of you?
0: Luckily, it's such a division between church and state mm-hmm. that it's never really a conversation or it's really never really an argument. The conversation goes – You know, our product people might be like, we need to try and increase revenue by X amount this month. Or that's sort of a goal, like a business goal we'll set for ourselves. And then meanwhile, all the creatives, the programmers, the designers, the graphic designers, illustrators, will go off in a separate room and be like, okay, this is sort of our marching orders. And sort of what is the creative solution to Mm -hmm. accomplishing this goal? And we play a lot of games as research and for fun. And, you know, I see a ton of really shady stuff uh, go on that never even enters my brain when it comes time to actually hit these business objectives because I like to think that users are smart enough to ignore that stuff or smart enough to get, like, turned off by it Mm -hmm. to a point where they're like, oh, I know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to trick me into doing something, and I don't like it. And so I'll delete this game.
1: And the shady stuff being, like, I mean, I don't play a lot of games. So. so
0: for me, something that's a personal pet peeve is that people will build these systems around these games, like Farm Hero, for example, uh-huh. where you're basically rewarded for constantly checking in. And these are what these games want you to do. They want you to open that app anywhere from, in an ideal situation, five-plus times a day. So <laughs> you know, every few hours, you're going in to check on something. And it becomes this sort of behavioral, addictive repetition, right? Where it's like, if I open my phone for anything, I don't, I don't care if I'm checking the weather. I don't care if I'm trying to figure out how to get to 160 Verick Street, I'm going to just click on that game and then tap something Mm. to get some sort of Uh reward. You know, usually it's like virtual currency, like, oh, I get a little bit of virtual gold if I come in or and farm here, I'll get some virtual pumpkins if I go in there and I, and I tap this thing. So games are really addictive in that way because we want to know how we feel or how we rate on these things. And unfortunately, the sort of trend nowadays is just make you always feel good. Like you're doing great. Right. Keep coming back. You're doing awesome. You're doing great. You're so smart. Come back. Come back. Come back. Like and over and over again. Do you conversation
1: is going to change? Because since we met a year ago, you know, I've talked to an- – a couple people like Nir Eyal, who wrote that book, um, Hooked, who sort mm-hmm. of talked about the way that these things get built and the fact that we, the users, mm-hmm. are the currency, our time, our eyeballs. Can that change in any way? Do you feel like people are talking about that?
0: I mean, I don't think they are. Not seriously, at least in the industry. Because right now, you know, you have – basically everybody wants to be – Instagram, right? You want to get a billion users in there somehow and you want to sell your company to Facebook for all the money in the world. So, I think right now that's still for a lot of tech startups. This is the driving motivation.
1: I just want to play a clip from the last episode for you. and get sure. your reaction
0: if if that's okay. You move. Yes! You did it. How do you feel?
1: Nauseous. Really? No, I really feel nauseous. I feel sad. Do you need a hug? Maybe, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Thank you. (laughs) That was me. Yeah. Deleting two dots. I'm Uh, proud of you. You are? What? Yeah, I am proud of you. Okay, wait. What did you think when you listened to that?
0: I thought it was great. Why? I'm wholeheartedly for people taking control of their own digital addictions. And if you feel like a game, an app, I don't care if it's Facebook or Twitter or Two Dots. If you feel like it's a thing that's, like, controlling you in a way that you're not happy about, then then why are you doing it? And you should delete it or stop doing the thing you're doing.
1: Do you want to know if it's still off my phone?
0: Sure. Is it still off your phone? Yes. Okay.
1: But you want to hear the sad part? I guess. (laughs) I've become that creepy person who on the subway, if I see someone playing Two Dots next to me, which I have to say happens pretty regularly, I'm like the person next to them who's like, (sighs) and they're like looking over their shoulder, like, what? I'm like, you could just maybe like, oh, what level are you on? I like start conversations with them. It's like if I was someone who gave up smoking but still went and stood outside with like the smokers and just Mm -hmm. (gasps) took some deep breaths and talked about cigarettes and lighters. Yes. I was smoking. I miss it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's how I know that I can't put it back on my phone. Maybe. That I miss it as much as I do. Like <laughs> I saw someone connect the dots and then the buzz happened. Yep. And I got this like recall in my mm. body how good I would feel when that would happen. I mean I, I do think I'm in the minority that feels this v- real visceral deliciousness from Two Dots. On the other hand, we got a lot of emails and voice memos from our listeners who um, – well, some of them were chastising me for turning them on to Two Dots to begin with. I saw that in the comments. Yeah. Yep. Lots of them. David Housen, designer of Two Dots. Thank you for coming back into the lair.
0: Yeah. I was wondering what the trick was going to be this time around. <laughs> or I guess I'll find out uh, when the podcast comes out, right?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> we're good people. I swear. <laughs> we are good people, right? And I think this conversation about how we pay for our digital delights with our attention and our time is going to just get more interesting and pressing. So who knows, David, maybe you'll be back. Many thanks to David Housen of Two Dots again for being such a good sport and giving his perspective I also want to thank the hundreds of you who have taken our information overload survey. There's only a few more days until we close it, and it's important. We are trying to quantify how much exactly is too much information. What are your symptoms? Me? It's the old eye twitch. You know the one. I want to know how overwhelmed or not you feel about all the information you take in. Please go to notetoselfradio.org. Take the survey. It is quick and actually really fun. Because we are getting so close to launching our next big project like Bored and Brilliant, like the one that got so many of you to delete that app from your phone. I can only hope it gets as many of you (laughs) to do extreme things again. The launch is officially on January 25th. Now, that's a Monday. Usually our podcast comes out on a Wednesday. You'll understand more about why we're releasing it a couple days early when you hear the show. But let's just say for now that this experiment, this project is going to be magical. Meanwhile, though, next week at our usually scheduled time, Wednesday, here's what's going to be on the podcast. The woman who made the term FOMO talks to the guy who coined JOMO, joy of missing out. Does that mean you no longer experience FOMO and you only experience Jomo because is like because you so deeply get it. <laughs> it's a lot of work to uh, tilt the meters more towards the JOMO end of the spectrum. It's a conversation about society and values and the future of the internet and how we come up with acronyms that we're all using all the time. You do not want to miss it. So subscribe to the podcast, okay? You'll get the FOMO JOMO episode and our project launch delivered to you. Trust me, you don't want to miss these two. Go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you find sweet audio love. Listen to Note to Self. Write yourself a note to self to listen to Note to Self. Whatever you need to do, okay? The team here at WNYC Studios is Jen Poyant, Ariana Tobin, Joe Plourd, and Amy Eason. I'm Anoush Samarodi. Thank you so much for listening. Actually, you want to know what I really said after you left last time? What? Like this, I can't even believe. I feel like I owe you this. What? It was a joke. But I was like if the <laughs> Oh my god. It was a joke, okay? But I said, if the devil walks the earth, he looks like that. He's good looking and he can change your behavior and the ability to manipulate. It was a joke, though.
0: Hey, we we can be good devils sometimes. All right.
1: Thank you. Hug.